Welcome to the Centerpoint Church podcast. At Centerpoint Church, we are a community of believers impacted by God's saving grace and the love He demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Our response to this amazing grace is to allow it to transform our lives and to share it with others. As a body of believers, we find our purpose in knowing Christ, growing together, and reaching beyond ourselves to help others do the same. This week's one-off message explores our mission, vision, and values, challenging us to make Christ known in this new year. Right now, it's January 1. We're kicking off a new series next week. We just finished a series uh, on Christmas morning. And so this is kind of a, a transition opportunity for us. And so if you weren't able to make it on Christmas um, what, we, what we talked about was that we want to be people who do everything that we can short of sin to bring about heaven on earth. That that's really what God has called us to do. That's the people he's asked us to be, is to do everything that we can to bring about heaven on earth. And we, we gave a little handout with it that kind of maybe walked through or explained what that could look like, and part of the homework or the things to do uh, with that was to take a look at it during the week and circle everything in it uh, that you thought you were experiencing already. So if they're in that language, if there was something that you felt like you were experiencing already, circle that, and then read through it a second time, and if there's anything in there that you're yearning to be true, it's not true yet, but you wish that it were true, then you underline that and that was an opportunity we had, and hopefully some of you took us up on that. The the hope, the the opportunity to bring about heaven on earth. We we really look at it uh, in one way, and that's the mission of our church, and that's to make Christ known. And I don't know if you've noticed when you walked in the front when you walk in the front doors here at the Hayward campus, right on the curved wall. Right on the wall, there, there's a picture, it looks like this. Uh, it says, make Christ known right there. So who we are, what we're about, is just right up front. We just want everybody to be clear what we're about. And so if you're here this morning and it's just an extension of last night and you don't realize it, you're at a church. <laughs> We've got coffee. But we're going to talk about Jesus because that's just that's who we are and how we have been made. And so our journey really begins and ends with making Christ known. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's the mission of our church. We spent the last year, as we've been rebranding, as we've changed names and, and kind of leaned into our, our new name and our new mission with our new values, we've always really, uh, we've always really been about this, just being about making Christ no, so this probably isn't the first time that you've heard us talk about this. And even if you're here for the first time, you could probably be like, that kind of makes sense. Uh, you're a church. You should be about making, making Jesus famous, making Jesus known, and that's what we're here to do. So if you don't know where that comes from, it is, does come from Scripture. We're going to read out of the book of Acts, chapter 1. So Acts, chapter 1, if you have a Bible, you can open up to Acts. It's about this far back. If you read the Bible off of your, off of your phone or an iPad, you can open that up to your, uh, your version app or whatever you've got. But Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is what we're going to read. 
This is Jesus speaking. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is an interesting passage for a number of reasons. But when we talk about making Christ known, some of us get nervous. Right? I've I've had this reaction I say, hey, we're all about making Christ known, and someone said to me, isn't that your job? Okay. So I'm the only one? I don't think that's what this says. And I've read it. Have you? Right, so we're the church. It's not the pastor's job. It's our job. It's the church's job. It's my job, and it's your job. And I love the way that Jesus puts it. This phrase is key in there. What he says is you will be my witnesses. You'll be my witnesses. And what that means is that all that we are asking you to do, all that Jesus is asking you to do is to share what you have seen him do. And this is what I tell people all, all the time. I'm like, you are an expert and how Jesus has changed your life. You may not be a Bible expert, you might not have very many passages of scripture memorized, you may not be able to turn to the book of uh, Habakkuk. In fact, if you can, uh, meet me at the Welcome Center afterwards. Like if you can just flip right to Habakkuk, then you get a donut. I mean, that's remarkable. But that isn't the, that's not the goal. The goal is just to be able to share with other humans, with other human beings, this is how Jesus has shown up in my life. And I know that you're all experts in your own lives and how Jesus has shown up for each of you. Because each of us has a story, right? Our stories are vastly different. I have, I have a story that involves being really far from Jesus, being an outspoken atheist, being an alcoholic and someone who could care less about anything to do with the church or church people or religion or Jesus or God. That's my story. Just because that isn't your story doesn't mean you don't have a story or something to share. All of us have a way that we can share about how Jesus has shown up in our lives. And we get to be witnesses to that truth. And that's what Jesus asked us to do. And that's how we can make Christ known. Now, this language, make Christ known, it actually also comes from Scripture, shockingly. Man, this church sure does a lot of Scripture reading. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of what we do. Uh, So John chapter 17, verse 3. John 17, verse 3. John's not very far. It's a couple pages. It's not very far. 17, 3 says, now this is eternal life. This is Jesus speaking again. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So Jesus is talking to his disciples And he's trying to explain to them 
about what, it, what is the point of all that we are doing. The point is eternal life. Well, well, what is the access of that? It's knowing Christ. That's what it is. And some of us think, well, shouldn't it be harder? That sounds too easy. Well, it's easy for us, not easy for him. Right? Jesus died so that we might have access to the Father. And that's the story we tell. That's the story that, that's the story of hope that people who are far from Jesus need, even though they may not know that they need it. I didn't know that I needed it. So this is what we get to be witnesses to. Now, some of us may not feel like we're prepared for this, and we, we're going to walk through our values, which you should recognize our values. They're literally stuck to the wall. Uh, same wall, just a little further along, uh, out in our lobby. If you don't believe me, stop by the Welcome Center. It's right beside it. Uh, I can show you. Uh, they're right there. But our values, really what they do is it, set up, it sets up for us if we are going to make Christ known, what kind of people do we need to be? Because the reality is, in order for us to be able to make Christ known, we first have to have Christ within us. And if we are going to be able to make Christ known, then we have to be living in Christ. And so our values kind of point to what, what might that look like. Right, it's not the only way, it's a way. It's a way to live, it's the way we talk about it, to try to put handles on it, to try to, try to put some guardrails in of what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. So we'll start, we'll start with this, centering on the gospel. So centering on the gospel is one of our values and it is the it's the starting point because everything starts with the story that, that God so loved the earth that he sent his one and only son so that he, he whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. There's that eternal life thing again. See, God sent Jesus to live a perfect life and to die to take all of our sins upon himself. All of our sins upon himself so that we can have access to the Father. That is the gospel. That is the good news. The good news is there was a gap. Jesus filled the gap. There was a gap between us and God. Jesus fills the gap and gives us access to him. There is no other thing for us to be focused on. That's the, that's the center, that's the starting point that's the foundation of everything that we do and everything that we are. Is that true? That that's who Jesus is? And regardless of what we've done or where we've been or what we've said or how we've lived or how we live today, that is true that Jesus died to take away your sins, to take away my sins. Whether someone believes it or not, it is true. Even when I didn't believe that, it was true. And so we have something that's amazing to be able to share. 
And we can talk about how it's true for each of us. And that's how we get to be witnesses. And when we center on the gospel, we get to experience what we talk about as transforming lives. So we were one way before Jesus, and then because we've interacted with Jesus, we've been transformed. Because there's, there's no other way to be. If you've encountered Jesus, transformation just comes. Are our lives transformed? Have you been transformed by the love and grace and forgiveness and hope of Jesus? I have. It's amazing. I don't know what's true for you. I don't know where you find yourself today to kick off this new year, but I do know what's true for me, that I've been totally transformed by the saving grace of Jesus, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I can be a witness to that. I might not have Second Chronicles memorized, but I can be a witness to how Jesus has changed my life, and I would love to tell you about it. You get sick of hearing me tell you about it. That's all I talk about. Because I'm not who I once was. Right, and a perfect example for me, all right? This is fun, and this is not just because I'm old. It's partially because I'm old. But there was a, last night was something called New Year's Eve. Anybody heard of it? Obviously, you haven't because you showed up here. Everybody who's heard of New Year's Eve is still in bed, watching online later today. Hi, everybody. We love you. We actually showed up in person. Where you at? I'm going to be loud so that they have a headache. Like it's, oh. But New Year's Eve for me did not used to be in bed by 1030 having consumed zero adult beverages for the last 16 plus years. That wasn't my story, that wasn't my interest, that wasn't my hope or my intent. My intent was, was one thing that wasn't anywhere near what Jesus had in store for me. How do I know that? Because I know what I'm experiencing now and what I used to be chasing after was not what he wanted for me. So one simple little thing, one evening, is a perfect, a perfect example of how my life has been transformed. Not by my doing, not by my choice, but because Jesus interrupted my life. He transformed everything about me. For that I am thankful. Have you been transformed? Is Jesus transforming you? Because as we are walking through an inventory of our lives, are we centering on the gospel? Are we experiencing a transformed life? Is that what's going on for us? Now, we, we have to talk about these things because God, God has made one thing really, really clear, abundantly clear. That the plan 
that God's plan for making his son known, God's plan for making Christ known is you. You're God's plan. So hey, we're, we're all feeling friendly. It's January 1st. Some of you, you made a New Year's resolution to be more friendly. So we're going to start right today. Turn the person on your left and say, you're God's plan. Turn to the person on your right and say, you're God's plan. And we can say that because it's true. You are the plan to make Christ known. And so it is, it's important for us to do this work of really looking internally. It's like, hey, is my life centered on the truth of the gospel? Have I given my life to Christ? Is there proof of that? Because I can see that my life has been transformed. Can I see it? Am I experiencing it? A transformed life. I think the next one we're doing is prioritizing healthy culture. Oh. hey oh! I look a lot better with all the lights off. <laughs> prioritizing healthy culture. No. The reason we talk about this, the reason that this is important for us to, to have an understanding of is because the environment that, that we exist in matters. Right? So healthy, healthy culture is not just that, well, that culture out there. It's what's the culture in here? What's the culture in our heart? Is the culture in our heart, are we willing to grow and change and be changed and be transformed? Are we prioritizing a willingness to change in our own lives? Because if, if we're not, then we're, we're going to be stiff-arming the Holy Spirit. We're going to be saying not today. We don't, we're not interested. And then that's just, that's within us. We have to start with us. Are we the ones who are willing to change and grow and develop and be different? Because if, if we are, if each of us as individuals, if we pursue that, that openness, then as we gather in a room like this with other people who are pursuing the same thing, who have the same interests, then we become an environment, a church environment. We become a church environment where we have a culture that is welcoming, that you are welcome to come as you are, to show up just as God has you today. And not, be, and not be worried about, well, I gotta go get my crap cleaned up before I show up to church. That's not how it works. Jesus is just like, come on in, I love you. And Jesus loves us so much he won't leave us the way he found us. 
Praise God. Because I was a mess, friends. He didn't leave me that way. And my only role was that I was willing to be a part of the change. I had a, a culture within me that was like, I need something new. So here we prioritize healthy culture. We want this culture, this communal culture to be healthy, to be growing, to be accepting, to be a come-as-you-are kind of a place, to be friendly, to be people who smile at the front door, who have great-tasting coffee, I hope, because I don't drink coffee, but I think it's really good. To have worship that's accessible, that that is speaking language that, that we can understand. To be clear about who we are and why we do what we do, we want to create a culture that is healthy, not just for the people who are here now, but for the people who are not yet here, who are still far from Jesus, who are still trying to figure out what the gospel is and haven't yet started on that transformation trip. Can we create a culture that's healthy enough to do all that? I know we can. I I absolutely, 100% know we can. And I hope, I hope that we will. All right, next one. I lost all my pages. There's only three. I should be able to find it. All right. Valuing generations. Valuing generations. You can hear in the room, we've got a couple generations going on here, yeah? Anybody hear it? We've got young people. I hear an old person. Love you. (laughs) He'll give me a hard time later. It's okay. We have multiple generations that are that are just right here in this room, and and listen. All of the generations are important, but here's the key in that statement: for that to be true. You can't put yourself first. You can't put yourself first. Do you know how we value generations? Those of us who are older find somebody who's younger and we try to walk with them and teach them. And we do that as parents, but we also do that just as friends because I don't know if anybody has ever raised a teenager before, but did you know that my teenagers don't think I know anything? (laughs) Ask them. They will be no problem sharing that. But guess what? I was the same way. I was like them when I was a teenager, and yet you were too. And so sometimes we need... We need other older friends that can come in and align with our teenagers and walk with them and be like, yeah, we know your dad doesn't know anything. It's okay. (laughs) But we can still walk in this 
in this way and you can be a mentor to my kids and maybe I can be a mentor to your kids. And then this will be earth shattering for you. We believe our kids have something to teach us. I don't know if you were here for the the kids' Christmas program or not. Here's why it was beautiful to me. Because kids just got to be how they wanted to be. See, I don't know what age it happens, but in the Christmas program, I don't think it had happened yet. The kids hadn't figured out that there was a certain way they're supposed to act and that they were trying to act a certain way to to kind of impress someone, they were just being. We could learn from them. Our kids can teach us. And here's here's the next thing. Those of us who have gone before, we have to get to the place where we see victory for our generation like this. We get down on our hands and knees and we tell the next generation, stand on my back. Stand on my back. To go further than I could go. Valuing generations is not do everything that I like because it's me and I'm important. It's not valuing generations. That's valuing your preferences. Valuing generations means doing everything that we can do to lift each other up, to learn from those that we can learn from, to teach those those that we can teach, to integrate and to understand how each other functions and why and to actually know someone from another generation and invest in them. We value all generations because Jesus does. I'm not right, you're not right, they're not right, he's right. We have to look at this from a different perspective. Try to look at it from his perspective that all have something to learn, that all have something to give. If we can do that, It'll take us a long way, really quickly. The last thing, the last value that's out on the wall is living on mission. Living on mission. What does that mean? Living on mission is really about intentionality. It's about being intentional. So Jesus lived on mission. If you read the first four books of the New Testament, we call them the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you read those, it's just stories about Jesus walking around. 
All right, and like at a really basic level, it's just stories about Jesus walking around with some friends. Jesus was just doing life with some friends. And along the way, there'd be an opportunity for him to teach. Along the way, there'd be an opportunity for him to heal. Along the way, his mom convinced him to do a miracle of turning water into wine because the party was getting lame. Jesus was just living life. But he was doing it with great intentionality. And what I, what I feel like I experienced just in these last couple days is I was really trying to think about what was, what was my 2022 like? I wondered if I missed some opportunities to be intentional. Where I was going through life in task mode, where I was accomplishing tasks. I had tasks to do and I was, I was getting those done but I wasn't very intentional in them, meaning I was just focused on the task, which tasks are fine but tasks aren't our purpose. People are our purpose. And I missed plenty of opportunities to be intentional. So I have to get better at living on mission, at being focused about being intentional in the moments that I have where I get to interact with someone who's new to town or far from Jesus or who's struggling or who's feeling victorious or what whatever it may be. How can I be more intentional? Can you ask yourself the same question? How can you be more intentional? How can you be living life more on purpose? Instead of just, instead of just doing, can we do, have some more being? where we are present with people. I spent some time over, uh, over uh, the Christmas-ish holiday, which was all messed up. There was something windy. It was windy a couple days. Um, so, you know, travel plans got messed with and all that. But I spent some time, like, having this conversation. Be like, hey, there are other humans in the room. And the humans can talk with each other. Like, we're designed to interact and to have intentional conversations, especially with people we don't get to see that often. And so maybe for, for this year, we can be a little more alert to who are the people that God put in our path on purpose? Who are the people that God made us interact with on purpose so that we could have a conversation, so that we would have an opportunity to be intentional with them, so that we could be witnesses. We could be witnesses. It's what Christ has done in our lives.
So where we are headed in 2023, this is what we're going to be talking about. All that we do, how can we make Christ known? How can we make Christ known? How can we be more intentional? How can we live on mission? So we are, where we are focused on doing things on purpose, with purpose. Because there are no happy little accidents with us. What God has given us, he's given us on purpose for us to do what he has built us to do. Which for all of us, it means we get to be witnesses to how God's transformed our lives. So that's the plan. For all of this coming year, if you're wondering, hey, what's church going to be like? This is what we're going to be talking about. And I want you to be there. I want you to decide today whether you're you're here in the room or you're watching online, I want you to decide today that I'm going to be more intentional about prioritizing being present with my people, with the church community. Part of prioritizing healthy culture is, is us being together and wanting to be together. Start making those decisions today. This year will be one you don't want to miss. God has put some really awesome stuff in front of us. And I don't want you to miss it. So, band, you guys can come up. Bryce, Brittany, other BR names. Bryce, Brittany, Brad, Brian, Brianne. That's another girl BR. You guys are lucky you're not ever inside of here. So many rabbit trails. So many. So next week we're kicking off a new series. It's called 167. 167. And you're like, that's random? No, it's not. It's on purpose. So there are 168 hours in every week. You spend an hour at church. So the question we'll ask is, what are you doing to live on mission as a follower of Jesus, the other 167 hours. That's what we're talking about for the next few weeks, starting next Sunday. I hope you'll choose to come and be present and see what God has for you in that. Because I think it's going to be pretty fun. It's going to be pretty awesome. would love for you to connect with us in that way. So make a commitment today to choose into January 8th, Haywarden campus of Centerpoint Church, it might be less snow. Might be warmer. Maybe not. But make a decision today to commit to that. Because 2023 is going to be awesome. I'd love for you to be a part of it. Let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity to hear your word and be reminded that you have asked us to be your witnesses. The witnesses to what you have done in our lives, how you've already transformed us, how you are transforming us, how you are changing us. Lord, help us to celebrate that. Help us to recognize you did that all on purpose for your purposes. 
so that we might be intentional in how we live, how we interact with others, how we witness those you put in our paths. So give us the confidence that comes from you, that is not from within us, but it is from you, so that we might share your truths about who you are and how you've shown up to everybody we encounter in this next season of life. Thanks for listening to the Centerpoint Church Podcast. Be sure to keep up with us on social media at facebook.com slash wearecenterpoint or on Instagram at wearecenterpoint. We hope to see you soon in person for worship this Sunday at 930.